Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 125-122 double overtime win against the Boston Celtics. Riker, what a game. What a game for the Toronto Raptors. That was that was definitely one of the most stressful, just exciting I don't even know how to describe it. Obviously, the OG shot was remarkable, but the the intensity was just stretched out in this one. I was I was amped, man. That that was that was a crazy game. Ben, you and I, we've been talking a lot off the podcast about the boys, the Amazon Prime superhero series, and no spoilers. But if anybody's watched season two, episode one, there somebody's head explodes, and uh, I felt <laughs> like my head was going to do the same thing watching this game. Ben, blood pressure at an all time high. Heart rate was going towards scary levels. And uh, this one, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could have stomached this loss, Ben. This this was as much of a roller coaster, as much of a thrill ride as you could possibly hope for. I had friends, not even basketball fans, and they were on the edge of their seats watching this one, Ben. What, what a show. What a show. And the second year in a row now pushing Game 7 in the second round of a very hard-fought series. This is you. You got to give credit to both teams. Both teams came out, played, played their tails off. Just players going big, big minutes. Mike Budenholzer would might have a heart attack looking at this box score, but Siakam fifty four minutes, Lowry fifty three, Fred fifty one, OG fifty. Then on the Celtics side, same deal for Smart, Kemba, Jalen Brown, Tatum, all playing over fifty minutes. Tice forty seven, and. You know, neither team went to their deep bench because you couldn't. This is a this is a closeout game for the Raptors. Obviously, the Celtics are treating it as a closeout one going into Game Seven. We all know what the Raptors can do in a Game Seven, what any team can do because it's just a toss up. But you know, people came out, and the player we first got to talk about, Riker. There's there's no one else we can really put above it. Kyle Lowry coming up clutch in the down the stretch at the start the whole time, really just led the show for the Toronto Raptors. Thirty three points. 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, big steals at that, a block, 12 of 20 from the field, 6 of 10 from the 3-point line. This, we've had a lot of phenomenal Lowry moments and Lowry games over the course of his career, and this is another one we have to add to his Hall of Fame. He's making a case for a Hall of Fame career over, especially what he's done as a Toronto Raptor, and this is just another game on top of it that he's adding to his resume. Ben, I thought you were going to start with Serge Ibaka because we did count him out. But Kyle Lowry, he was the man of the hour. And also, before I forget it, Ben, we're creeping up to that 15K subs, trying to get that good luck going in, wishing our way, mm-hmm. wishing the Toronto Raptors to the finals. So if you're if you're not a subscriber, do that. But Ben, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kyle Lowry, he needed, like we said, the the Boston defense stepped up a notch in in Game Five. The one-on-one defense really took away the opportunity to drive into the lane. And so we knew Lowry was going to have to make an adjustment, whether that came from just being more creative on offense, looking for your shots a different way, or maybe playing inside out with Siakam. It obviously didn't happen as much with that whole inside out thing. Kyle Lowry just found a way to do it. He, he wasn't Kyle Lowry. He wasn't just Kyle right now where he was Kyle Lowry. And that's what I said he needed to do because hitting those clutch shots, Ben, you know, deep, deep threes, I think, from the right wing, you know, perimeter shot, he had four stretch threes. He was locked in, and honestly, to win Game Seven, he's going to need to double down on that performance. Yeah, and the shots he was hitting, and 
I, I, I don't even know if we should just have one spicy Pele of the day because I can think of a thousand moments for honestly every player that played in the rotation today played big minutes, but the threes he was hitting over Tice that were stepped back right in his face. Jalen Brown was all in him. He was hitting those deep threes. And then obviously the shot over Kemba Walker to really seal the deal for this one. It's 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 a true testament to Lowry, the greatest Raptor of all time, just coming out and willing the Toronto Raptors to a win in a double overtime game. Just just a phenomenal performance. And you brought up Ibaka. Ibaka came out, played really well, didn't play too many minutes. And I guess that makes sense considering he, you and I, made a podcast yesterday assuming he was going to be out for the game tonight he was in a walking boot last night and this morning came out to play today looked a-okay maybe it was just a trick by the raptor staff to throw him in a walking boot because you rarely see players cast it up or whatever and be be able to play a basketball game that's just almost unheard of from what i've watched of basketball so the fact that he was able to come out fight through all that pain and I know I'm sure everyone watching the way he was knocking down his threes and stuff wanted to see him out at the end of the game but the fact that he was able to put up 21 minutes in in a, such an important game is a true testament to his toughness and he played well in those minutes it was, it was a great sight to see Ben we have a lot to unpack here talking about Serge Ibaka because we can talk about how they took out Ibaka you know, they took a Gasol that, that's pretty obvious but they took out Ibaka down the stretch for both of those overtime quarters or shifts whatever you want to call them to play small ball to get some defense there they let go of a lot of alley-oops to Tice so we can debate that a little bit Ben but also really the third quarter of this game was what allowed the Toronto Raptors to win because they they lost the first mm-hmm. like they usually do they tied the second usually they lose the second and they lost the fourth like they usually do they were able to get enough cushion in that third quarter in order to really br- force this game to go into overtime put themselves into a position to win but that wouldn't have even been possible if Serge Ibaka didn't come out and hit two or three threes in the second quarter when the Raptors were down 10, 11 points. We said it. The Raptors are in a tough spot without Serge Ibaka's confident shooting. He's been very reliable in this Boston Celtics series when no other player seemingly has, and he went out there and did exactly what we wanted him to do tonight. It, even though it was plus minus, minus nine again, worst on the team, his offensive contribution was huge. Yeah, and... Serge played in the the time of the game when the Celtics were red hot on fire, so I think the plus minus might be a little bit skewed in tonight's performance. But yeah, you Serge played great in the minutes that he was out there. But at halftime, Riker, you and I were really down on Marcus Gasol and Fred VanVleet's performances, particularly in the first half. But even though they, you know, Mark only played in the third quarter, I don't know if he touched the floor or floor in the fourth, and Fred still struggled, you know, after the end of the game to put the ball on the floor, uh, put the ball in the hoop, sorry. The threes that he was hitting after the halftime break, both of them, the shots that they made really cut down because the Celtics had the lead going into the to the half and they opened it up a little bit but the fact that the Raptors able to bring it back as you said get a little bit of a cushion after the third quarter that that's a testament to how Fred and Gasol played in that third to really go into the fourth with the with the lead and the confidence yeah and and all I'll say is Fred Van Vliet really besides that opening of the third did not play a good game 13 threes I think shot 23 percent from the perimeter shot about 30 percent overall when the rest of the starters were shooting around 40 50 60 percent so I would say of all the starters he probably had the worst game not not including Marcus all but even Marcus all elevated toward compared to his previous five games so you you still want to see him out there uh, but Norm outplayed him tonight and uh, 
I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one for me and Fred because I I'm of the opinion if somebody's playing better, you got to play that person. You know, I I don't want to give somebody too much runway in a game where you need to win or go home to a guy to allow him time to find a shot. So that's what I was a little bit worried about down the stretch. But you're right. I, I, he was invaluable there in the third, and and I think the third is what really was the catalyst for allowing the Raptors to win this game. Yeah, and I want to make a a you know a different point because. You, you mentioned Fred had a poor game, but I think he had a poor shooting night because aside from the shooting and some of the takes he was making, he missed a lot of layups at the start especially, but aside from the scoring factor, he played a phenomenal all-around game. He was getting blocks, steals, tipping the ball away from Tatum and uh, Brown whenever you switch on to him, obviously bigger matchups. Lowry had some clutch steals as well, particularly on Brown, but uh, nine rebounds for Fred as well, particularly in that small ball lineup. I think... Fred's just ability to do everything else the same way Kyle does when he has a poor shooting night right I think that was that was a huge asset to be on the court so that's a positive to see Fred Van Vliet doing other things when the shots isn't going down so I do I do want to bring yeah, that up and, but... and you know what I'll chime in too and say mm-hmm. really you can't understate how good their defense is Kyle Lowry and Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet yeah. when they're playing them almost the entire game and they're getting switched on to have to guard Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, much bigger guys, and still able to hold their own in the post, challenge shots, get strips, uh, be down there in the block. You know, so I, I definitely agree. They they do they do more than just shooting, and uh, and and that's extremely. I don't know for guys that are six foot, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, it's just remarkable to see, and you know we we've talked this about pretty well every player, but. The two guys that arguably were the clutchest in this game, we haven't even touched on. Fred, or sorry, Norman Powell and OG Ananobi. During the overtime game, obviously Lowry had the, the final clutch shot over Kemba Walker, which is great to see, but Norman Powell, even though he missed that potentially game tying shot, he was hitting shot after shot in overtime. Corner threes, drives, free throws, whatever you can ask for, Norm was hitting it. And OG Ananobi, his rebounding, particularly as the small ball center, even though obviously that's the issue with small ball. You, you mentioned Daniel Tice is going to get some easier looks, but the way he was boxing him out particularly, I, I don't recall any offensive rebounds really for the Celtics that weren't long shots, you know, any offensive rebounds that you wouldn't expect the, the Raptors to get, but... OG's rebounding, his ability to switch on defense, and the three that he hit were, you know, the the Raptors were down. I think they, I think this one put him up by three or something. Norman OG hit back to back threes at the top of the to the three point line, and those were real, just timely knockdown clutch ice in your veins threes. So I, I'm out, just baffled by how well those guys played down the stretch of this game in that small ball lineup and it's a lineup that we were we were calling for when we expected Sergi Baca to be out yeah and it's interesting that they closed the game Ben OG shot the Raptors were down two it brought them up one so it was Mm -hmm. even more clutch than you know even more clutch than it being a tie game because there was there was a lot of pressure on that shot and then of course the very next possession uh what was it Norman Powell got he got a steal, I think, on Tatum, ran the length mm-hmm. of the court, got the foul, hit his free and throw. One. And you know what I want to say, too? Norman Powell was extremely clutch with free yep. throws in this game. He hit two free mm-hmm. throws when it was 108-110 and, and tied the game. He hit that one free throw to bring it up by four, make it a two-possession game. And then he hit those two free throws when the Raptors were only up one with a couple seconds left and made sure that the you know the Celtics could only tie it at best. So to hit mm-hmm. six or five or six free throws with the most pressure possible in a game where it's 
win or go home, you got to give credits to playoff pal because he was there. He was there to to stay. He was there to win. There was no going home in his demeanor tonight, Ben. Yeah, it was just it was a sight to sight to behold this whole entire game. And another Norman Powell moment. Marcus Smart hit a shot to put them up by three, and that looked like to be a. When Marcus Smart's hitting sort of contested shots, even though he has been shooting really well in the series, it's just sort of a, a momentum stopper for the other team because he's known as a defender and stuff. And, you know, when we say that, we're not saying that he's a bad shooter, but he's not known as a shooter. So that's the point we try to bring up. And the momentum swung right back when Norman Powell came down the next possession, hit that corner three. So it was both of those guys, the whole team really came up big. And the last player in the rotation that we, we can really talk about we, he played the most minutes. He's our all-star starter, Pascal Siakam, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. And this guy's going to get dogged on. He is going to get trash on Twitter, all that sort of stuff, probably by Raptors fans. But the you got to give credit where credit's due. The man played phenomenal defense on Jason Tatum down the stretch of this game. And he took some. He took the right shots. He made one mid-ranger in overtime, which is nice to see. But he had a couple drives where... They were the right takes. They're, he was doing the stuff that everyone's been asking him to do, and they just popped in and out. So I, I don't want to dog on Siakam too much. Obviously, if you know, we, we if Lowry continues to play well, we can still beat the Celtics and Ibaka and all those guys play well. We can beat them in Game 7, but we need Siakam to be Siakam if we really want to make a deep run, a deep, deep run in this playoffs and potentially win a championship. Yeah, well, you said it. He got the shots that he should take. The only shots that I was frustrated that he took this evening were all of his three-point attempts none of them seemed to be in rhythm but majority of this game were a couple steps inside or in the paint and they just didn't go in and so you mm-hmm. can live with those he's putting pressure on the defense to collapse he's he you said he's taking the right shots so mm-hmm. you can bag on them all you want for not making them and I would I would probably fall into that category as well for being frustrated with him not hitting layups but uh, at least the shot selection this game was livable. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel like he was throwing the game with his shot selection or anything. Yeah, for sure. And six assists for Siakam is a great thing to see. He was making, he made good decisions in this game. As he, The threes I could live without when he's struggling. You know, it's a, it's a tough shot for him to take. You'd rather just him even step in because his mid-rangers didn't look horrible tonight. But And a couple of those fadeaways were a bit weird to look at, but... The, the fact that he made the right passes, he was doing the good things, I I think it's a positive sight to see, especially with how poor that Game 5 performance was. So I guess from the whole entire roster. But Game 7, that's that's going to be an exciting one. But Riker, let's let's swing into the segments. And tonight, the spicy PLA of the day, we, we brought up a bunch of them, but I think the big one has to be the Lowry dagger right over Kemba Walker. It was like a Kobe fade from... From the mid range, that was that was a great shot. Norman Powell's threes, OG's threes, the rebounds. Uh, I I don't know what else we could even. Do you have one in mind that hasn't been brought it up? It has right to here? be that Kyle Lowry shot, Ben. Yeah. He was, he is the he is the everything of this team. You know, he is the chosen one for the Toronto Raptors. You got to give it mm-hmm. to this man. Yeah, it was a just a just a phenomenal performance. It was I I, I Kyle Lowry's the goat, man. He is he is the goat, but. Not all plays can be the spicy PLA of the day, and some just make you say, oh, geez. And Riker, tonight the OGs oh, play of the day. You know, we, we were kind of bagging on him at halftime. We brought it up, but in the halftime live streams, definitely check those out for the, the series. They're really fun to watch. They're on Instagram. They're thrown up there. So definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to see those. But Marcus Gasol came out, and 
He made his first threes against the the Boston Celtics all season long. Because I don't know if we played him three or four times. No, all but series, I think. Series and season against the Boston Celtics. I don't really? think he hit one in. Yeah, I don't think he hit one during the regular season. So that's about ten games right there where he just didn't hit a three. Bang two right at the the start of the half, which was a momentum swinger. That's got to be you know. I I said OGs positively when he knocked those down, but that's got to be a heartbreaker for Boston Celtics fans when they've never seen him hit a shot in the Toronto Raptors jersey this year. Yeah, well, you know what the the Celtics digest is uh, <laughs> saying the OGs play tonight is that no call on the Kemba Walker layup. I, I don't know if it was at the end of regulation. Looked like there could have been a foul there for sure, and then, you know, no shots awarded to OG on the other end. But at the end of the day, Ben, I, I this to me was back and forth. You know, calls were going in either direction, technical foul, or not technical fouls, really, like uh, flagrant fouls going in either direction, things being missed, things being called. I I thought that this was just a true, nice, gritty game of basketball, not too much disruption to the flow of the offense. You know, they they let the guys play through a lot of contact. I liked it, Ben. I liked the way this played out. This is why I thought this was going to be the best series in basketball. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I, I agree with you in the overtimes, and that swings it into my Damari Carroll Gold Star Award because I think at the end of regulation, there was some really weird calls being made, as particularly a couple of blocking fouls on Tice. And the first one was definitely foul on Lowry. Then they called a soft one on Norm. And then the refs sort of made up for those two calls with really soft ones on the Toronto Raptors. It, down the stretch of a really tight game, that, that frustrated me. And then... The, the big one that really made me say Demari, it was the Damari Carroll Gold Star regulation was OG Ananobi. And as you said, you already brought up the Kemba. That was a foul, but you know, you're not going to get that call being a small guy driving in. Lowry, if, if it was the case, if you're going to call those on Kemba, right, Lowry would have won five, six extra games if smaller guys are going to get foul calls in the paint at the end of a game. That's just how it works in basketball is the small guard. You're not going to get those calls driving in. But OG Ananobi... The lob was thrown to him by Marcus Gasol at the end of regulation, and he had the ball in his hands, and he was shoved by Tatum. They were saying it was oh, before he didn't have the he ball was... in his hands. It, the ball was like he was like trying to tip it in. I thought that was that should have been two shots, but I don't know. That 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 was a that was a Damari from me. Do you disagree or? Yeah, I completely disagree because that was a clear foul to me on Kemba Walker there, uh, on his on the on the forearm. But the other one, it seemed kind of off ball. But either way, I. You know what? You're you're calling something here. You're not calling something there. I thought a good example of it too was when they challenged the foul on Tice, because that, mm-hmm. you know, it, whether it was first uh, overtime or second overtime, that's when I really said, okay, the refing. Maybe the Celtics are going a completely other other direction here. But I said the refing is not too bad. If that under review, they turned it over. They could have easily kept the foul. They could have easily upheld the foul. But you know, he got a good clean trip on the ball. I said. I'm not really I'm not really gonna bag on the officiating too much this game. Yeah, for for sure. And I think an OT was definitely repped very good and yeah, I I was just cheesed that OG didn't get another shot at a game winner. Obviously OG's being the GOAT, but I guess the final thing, Riker, game seven. We gotta talk about we could even make a whole preview for that because that's just gonna be an exciting one. But what are your thoughts? Are we I'm going to see the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, everyone's going to be tired for that Game 7 with both teams running guys over 50 minutes. But we brought it up in the, I guess the Ibaka injury video was sort of a preview for Game 6. But the OG at center lineup, it was locked down on defense. Obviously, it led to a couple of I did not like that lineup, Ben. 
Bro, I, like, he gave up some dunks to Tice, but there wasn't any open threes. The guys kept in front of everyone. I, I loved to see it. I, I'm going the other way, Ben. I did not like to see that small ball lineup. I, I, I just, may, you know, maybe a day of some light practice, right? If you just, you, you, you practice who's going to go down and cover the, the low man, because obviously it's not something that the, the Raptors squad is used to. They're not used to those five guys out there in, in closing minute situations, especially with a guy you need to be aware that can catch it down low and finish. Um, but I, I, I would have liked to see Ibaka out there, but obviously it's tough to say that when the Raptors got the W. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a the small ball unit, especially where Ibaka clearly couldn't play, because I assume Ibaka would, would be in there if he was completely healthy. Maybe, maybe it was just Nurse saying, hey, this is what I want to run. But we talked about in the preview, I think OG as a center, he can hold his own, particularly against a smaller guy like Tice. Maybe if we're going up against Embiid or something or AD, it might be a tougher look. But Tice, sure, if we're going to lose a game to Tice, we'll lose a game to Tice. I don't think he's going to be a difference maker in the series, particularly in a game seven. And the fact that the Celtics, they want a big run hitting a, a, just a, a whole ton of corner threes. And the small ball lineup really neutralized that. There wasn't any open three-point shots for the Celtics. And I thought that was a great adjustment for Nick Nurse to, to make against the Boston Celtics. Because particularly at the start of this one and the first half, they were just raining. They were getting open looks. Like, it wasn't that they, they fluked into a lot of shots like Game 2. But they got a lot of open looks and they were knocking down threes. And I, the small ball unit just neutralized all of those open looks, in my opinion. And if we're going to lose to a big man hitting, you know, with some really nice passes by Tatum and Kemba, a couple of open dunks, but a lot less open threes, particularly in the corners, you know, that, that's the that's the twenty or the 2020 era of basketball, right? You got to threes first and then defend the paint second. Yeah, and you're right. Those threes in the corner would have buried us. They four or five in a row there to start, or I don't know what time frame it was in the fourth, but it it was a good it was a good adjustment to to shut down the corner threes, which were which were really switching the momentum, got the lead back for the Celtics. Ben, predictions before this podcast ends. Predictions roughly for Game Seven. I, I don't want to predict anything because I again very superstitious. We always jinx it. We always jinx it when we. Yeah, we but what I want to say is this game I think will be win won or lost in the first quarter. Not whoever wins or loses the first quarter specifically, but the Raptors. I think you're going to know right away what the tone of the game is, and if the Raptors come out slow, if they get down by 10, 15 points, I think you can chalk it up then and there. If they keep it close like they did this one, there's a fighting chance they can take this one on and move on to the next round, Ben. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said for Game 6, right? The the Raptors, if they come out with energy, if they come out focused, if they... It, 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 the game's either going to go one or two ways. The Raptors are going to be able to close this out in a dogfight with the Boston Celtics, or we're likely going to get blown out by Boston, right? Like, those are the two ways this series has gone. We The close games, we tend to find a way to really pull through, and whether that's the championship DNA, Nick Nurse coaching, or a bit of luck, who who knows what it really is, but the Raptors can always seem to find a way in those close games to get it done, so I'm confident in them to win a close game with Boston, but... We just can't let them go on a on a route. We can't let them go on a big run to start the game specifically. And you know, if we hold our own, keep it close the whole time. I'm just like we did tonight. We'll we'll pull out a dogfight hopefully against the Celtics. But 
Who knows what will happen game seven. You're the best for making this far. As Riker said, hope you guys, everyone listen and subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate it, everyone. We're trying to shoot for 15K subs before the playoffs end. So tell your friends about the Raptors Digest. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. But, but uh, yeah, you check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. The IG Lives, I'm sure it'll be a very fun one in game seven tomorrow. You have any last words, Riker? Not tomorrow, Friday, Ben. Oh yeah, Friday. I don't know. It's gonna. It's the only thing's gonna be on my mind. The, yeah. the Celtics oh, Raptors man. game. Oh man, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's so weird. Second season in a row, playoffs, game seven, round two. Is there gonna be another shot, Ben? Is there? I know we already had a shot, but is there gonna be another shot? Uh, oh, I don't know if I could take a, another <laughs> stressful game like that. All right, I don't we're know going if I could long. Take another shot. Yeah, I don't know if I could either. We're going long. <laughs> Let's sign it off here, Ben. Cheers.